Good evening, my dear listeners. Welcome to the Creative Heroine Podcast, and I'm so excited to be sharing with you again tonight. Um, Tonight, I have a little treat for you. I'm going to be reading you the first chapter of my novel that I wrote this summer. Um, This is a fiction novel. It's kind of like a young adult fiction fantasy. And I wrote it, um, I got the idea during um, my residency that I went on in France. It's called The Storms of Avalon. And um, I'm just going to read you chapter one today. So this is something I'm going to continue to do. Um, Hopefully I'll get through the whole book, but I'm going to do alternating chapters um, for my Patreon readers, um, listeners, and for um, just my regular listeners. So my first chapter, I just wanted to share with everyone and um, yeah, just kind of make it accessible to you. And yeah, I just thought it would be really fun to do. So, um, so here we go. Yes. All right. So it's called the storms of Avalon and my inspiration. So the plot for this tale came to me fully formed the very first night of an artist residency in France in 2023. I was jet-lagged, exhausted, but could not fall asleep until 3 a.m. because of the time difference. I was staying in an old marble manor house from the 1700s with several other artists, and we planned to go to Mont Saint-Michel the week after the residency was over. Falling asleep that night so far from my home in the USA, I dreamed a dream in such clarity that I awoke in the middle of the night, thrilled at the story that was playing out in my mind, that seemed to be delivered to me by some fairies of inspiration that lived in the chateau. I wrote some notes in my phone in the dead of that night, and the next day began writing this story. I would also like to thank my family for their encouragement and help. All right, so chapter one. Oh, my introduction, sorry. (laughs) Here's the introduction. It is my hope that this book, with this book, that you, the reader, will remember the strength within you and look at your life as an adventure of which you are the hero or the heroine. I am a painter by trade, and my artwork depicts the moments in time of mythological and fairy tale heroines and the challenges that populate their world. It's been a challenge and an absorbing labor of love to switch my medium to that of painting pictures with words and to be able to tell a more complete story than the snapshot of that my paintings represent. I hope that you enjoy this, my first published book. Chapter one, For Terra. Once upon a time, in a land far away, there was a kingdom called Forterra. This kingdom spanned over mountains, fields, and sea, 
and lay in the northwestern part of Europe in a time when magic still thrived. Within Forterra, there lived a beautiful young princess named Violet. Her hair was black as the raven's wing, and her eyes looked like thunderclouds rimmed in starry dark lashes. She lived in an ornate and magnificent old stone castle that was built on the green and craggy slopes of rocky cliffs, with a sea to the east and fields to the west. Princess Violet was the daughter of King Henry and Queen Belinda, and together they ruled with wisdom and fairness the land of Forterra. Under their rule, their kingdom prospered, the crops thrived, the rain fell in proportion to the sun shining, and peace and happiness reigned. Violet's favorite pastime was to read in the courtyard. The castle had a beautiful garden full of sculpted topiaries and flowers native to Forterra. She would sit in the garden and listen to the birds as she read about the cultures from foreign kingdoms. She longed for adventure, but she loved her parents and her life in the castle. Being a princess was all she ever knew, and she was happy with her peaceful days. For a while, it seemed that this would last forever. Violet's favorite book was The Legend of the Floating Kingdom. According to this story, there existed a kingdom made of all white marble that was built upon a large rock in the middle of the sea. But this kingdom was different because it floated. This meant that it was impossible to draw on a map because this kingdom would be in a new place every day. The floating kingdom was called Avalon, and no one had visited in so long that the stories had become legend, and people on land wondered if it was just made up a children's tale. It was said that the island existed in the eye of a terrible storm, so that all around were impossible waves and thunder, yet at its center the eye of the storm was always serene, and a perfect peace watched over the floating kingdom. It was said also that sirens guarded the waters around the floating kingdom, ready to protect it from anyone who disturbed their peace. And inside this legendary marble floating city, deep within the part of the rock on which it was built, there were crystals which kept the city afloat and granted citizens long, long life so, th so that they lived happily for thousands of years. When Violet discovered the legend of Avalon from her mother, as she read to her nights when she was a child, it captivated her imagination. As she grew up, whenever she looked out to sea, she would think of Avalon. When Violet was 18 years old, tragedy struck, and the Queen Belinda fell ill. As she lay dying, Queen Belinda held Violet's hand and asked her for one thing. My darling daughter, she said with difficulty. Yes, mother, said Violet, tears through her tears. You must promise me something. You must promise me that you will always take care of your father and this kingdom. Do not let it fall into chaos. It is your sacred duty. Do you promise? Her mother asked. I promise, mother, said Violet, and held the queen's hand to her own cheek in affection. I swear it. In the days and months after Queen Belinda's death, the kingdom mourned the loss of their beloved queen, but Princess Violet and King Henry especially. The kingdom was plunged into mourning, and even the birdsong seemed to be a funeral dirge. There seemed to be a perpetual cloud that hung about the kingdom, and the servants looked upon Violet and King Henry with pity. Time passed, and Violet mourned, but after a year had passed, she took off her black veil and dressed for the first time that year in her favorite lavender silk. 
It is time to live again, said Violet. It is what mother would have wanted. She ordered flowers to be cut from the garden and for the castle to be filled, and her mind began to think of her own fate, for she knew that in time she was to choose a suitable prince. At the dinner that night, Violet sat at one end of a long table and waited for her father to arrive. She never knew when she would see him next, but tonight he appeared. He entered the tall double doors, looking like a shadow of who he once was. His beard was long and straggly, and his frame was gaunt and thin. His clothes hung on him like a scarecrow, and his demeanor, once so confident, was now aimless and depressed. My daughter, he said, without looking up. Hello, father, said Violet. How are you this evening? King Henry stared at his plate. Best as can be expected, he said. Then he noticed the flowers on the table. Who brought these flowers in, he asked, anger in his voice. I did, said Violet confidently. How dare you, the king roared, leaping to his feet. No flowers are to be permitted in this kingdom. Since the queen has passed, we must mourn forever. His face was contorted into a mask of rage and self-loathing. Violet looked startled, but kept her composure. But father, she protested, today it has been over a year since mother died. Surely it is time to come out of mourning. King Henry looked wildly at Princess Violet, unhearing. And you, your dress, it is as brightly colored as a flower in May. How could you forget your mother so soon, he asked in anger. Violet blushed and lowered her eyes in shame. Still she spoke, countering. But father, what about the people? Our kingdom needs us, and they cannot mourn forever. King Henry started pacing, back and forth, muttering. Then, impulsively, he grabbed the vase of flowers and threw it into the fire. This kingdom will never be the same, he said. Then, commandingly, he told the guards, take out every flower in this castle and in the garden, and anyone who keeps a flower garden is to be thrown into the dungeon. For since the queen has left us, all joy is gone from this land. We are cursed. Cursed, I say. Violet stood, alarmed by the erratic behavior of King Henry. But surely, father, you don't mean that, she exclaimed. The king looked at her coldly, his eyes unrecognizable. Guards, he said, escort Princess Violet to her chambers, where she will stay. She is not to leave her quarters under any circumstance. No daughter of mine will forget her mother so easily. And before Violet could protest, guards had seized her arms and dragged her from the room. Father, what are you doing? she screamed, for his grief had consumed him and made him mad. And thus concludes chapter one of the Storms of Avalon. If you enjoyed this book, you can purchase a signed copy. Um, there will be a link in the show notes for you. Um, also, I will be doing every chapter. Um, you'll have full access to that of me reading it on my Patreon. The link to that is also in my bio. Thank you so much for listening today, and I'm wishing you a wonderful evening. I'll speak to you soon.